Ave Maria Radio and Renewal Ministries presents Fire on the Earth, a compelling look at the new evangelization through inspiring teachings, interviews, and testimonies. Welcome, friends. This is Peter Herbeck, your host. We've been talking this week about the you know, dimensions of this beautiful season we're going through, the season of Advent, uh, looking both at the uh, preparation, remembering the incarnation of our Lord that we're going to celebrate soon in just a few weeks, but also gazing with one eye at the incarnation and one eye at the return of the Lord. It's critical because this season is a season of anticipation of the comings of the Lord, first and second coming of the Lord. It's meant to call us to readiness, not just to celebrate a fact of what happened in the past. And it brings us to this place of saying, am I living from that reality, the incarnation of the Lord? Is it what defines my life is the logic of it? And what it, what he's brought to me in it, am I living that out? Am I, am I laying hold of the fullness of what's there that the Lord desires me to receive and to walk in? That's what this season's really about. It's readiness. It's being awake. It's being alert. And so today we're celebrating something very special. Some, uh, the, uh, Feast of the Immaculate Conception, right? And, and people often get this mixed up a little bit. They think the Immaculate Conception is talking about Jesus's conception in the incarnation. It's not. It's the Immaculate Conception is talking about Our Lady's conception. I want to talk about it just a little bit from the Catechism today and celebrate because, you know, we've, we've talked a lot this week about appreciating the glory that we've been given. Because what these seasons are all about is a time to give glory to God because of the glory that's been received in the victory of Jesus for the human race. The glory of God is now fully, you know, the human, let me reverse that. The human race, the new humanity, human flesh, which was made for glory but fell from glory, has been taken up into glory in the person of Jesus. And the most wonderful thing possible has happened in that act of love that raised Jesus from that put Jesus that Jesus, you know, went to the cross, he was raised from the dead, and he enters into glory, and he took us with him. He took us with him. It's human flesh. That's why he's called the second Adam. He's a life giving spirit. He gives to us the fullness of life that belongs to him. And now the Immaculate Conception is also a participation in that fact of what Jesus has done, but in an entirely unique way. Let's look at the Catechism and see what it can tell. So paragraph 490, to become the mother of the Savior, Mary was, quote, enriched by God with gifts appropriate to such a role. That is, she was given gifts, not of her own merit, but by God's action and initiative, to prepare her to receive the conception of the Son of God in her own womb, to be the mother of God. Paragraph goes on, it says, The angel Gabriel, at the moment of the Annunciation, salutes her as full of grace. Full of grace, full of God's gift, God's life given to her. In fact, in order for Mary to be able to give the free assent of her faith, to the announcement of her vocation, it was necessary that she be wholly born by God's grace. Key thing here is, at Mary's conception, God acted. He applied to her conception the saving work of her son because she too 
is saved by the Son. The whole human race is. There's only one Savior. And even Mary is saved. But in a unique, absolutely unique and beautiful way. So that she doesn't have the stain of original sin. That it will be dealt with at her very conception. So she doesn't carry it, carry that wound and pass on to her offspring. Again, in fact, in order for Mary to be able to give the free assent of her faith to the announcement of her vocation, it was necessary that she be wholly born by God's grace. She was prepared for the announcement of Gabriel. Paragraph 491, through the centuries, the church has become ever more aware that Mary, full of grace through God, was redeemed from the moment of her conception. That is what the dogma of the Immaculate Conception confesses. As Pope Pius IX proclaimed in 1854, here's his proclamation. The most blessed Virgin Mary was, from the first moment of her conception, by a singular grace and privilege of Almighty God, and by virtue of the merits of Jesus Christ, Savior of the human race, preserved immune from all stain of original sin. There it is. A privilege given to her by Almighty God, and by virtue of the merits of Jesus Christ, the only Savior of the human race. So if there's any Protestant brethren who are listening who might be confused about what the church's, Catholic Church teaches about this, this is it. Catholics don't worship Mary. Mary's not God. She's not divine. She has a unique place in God's work of salvation, and we revere her profoundly as we revere the saints. But she literally is the first among all the disciples, and has experienced astounding measure in an entirely unique way, the fullness of God's grace. But it's Jesus, and it's the will of the Father. Jesus is the only Savior of the human race. Paragraph 492, it says, The splendor of an entirely unique holiness by which Mary is enriched from the first instant of her conception comes wholly from Christ. She's redeemed, in a more exalted fashion by reason of the merits of her son. The Father blessed Mary more than any other created person. In Christ, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, and chose her in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. Just These are Bible passages that the Catechism is quoting here. God's action, and what's so beautiful is Whenever we have these, these solemnities and special feasts of Our Lady, I, I'm reminded of what God values and what catches, you might say, catches God's eye. Mary was humble. Mary was simple. Mary was pure. Yes, by God's grace, but those are, this is who she was. And she said yes all the way. All the way. So she participated in that action of God in her life. God crowns humility, friends. God, God's not impressed with the pride of men. God is not impressed with the great intellects and the great, you know, the rich and the powerful and all the God. That just doesn't, it's not, it's not impressive to him. Because anything we have, we get from him anyway. And so, the human temptation is to take these things God has given us, these natural gifts and things, and then to exalt ourselves over other people. 
to reassure ourselves that we're above the herd, you know, we're, there's just something better about us. Whether it's looks or power or intelligence or whatever, success, human pride gets caught up in it. It's so foolish. And God has to choose what's foolish in the world to shame the strong because the strong get caught up in a pride of mind and it's total foolishness. It's total foolishness. But God is so good and, and our lady is humble. She's, you know, and she's passed that on, you could say, or, you know, shared in it with her son Jesus. I mean, the one thing Jesus said about himself, about like his personality, his character, whatever he said, I am meek and I'm humble of heart. I'm meek and I'm humble of heart. And Mary's humble of heart and she's meek. And this is what God crowns. And this is what we see in Mary being crowned queen of heaven and earth. She said yes to Jesus in her humility. She didn't push herself forward. But here's what I love. So the Gabriel comes and announces to her God's plan. And she's, her response is what? First she's like shocked and surprised and how could this be? But ultimately she says, be it done unto me according to thy word. Friends, nothing happens to us in our life that is outside in some way, you know, the, even the permissive will of God. And the posture that Mary, our, our Lady, wants us to walk in each day. Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word today, your plan, the unfolding of your plan. I receive it, I walk in it because I totally trust you. I totally trust you that you are faithful. You're faithful to your promises, that you're with me. I have nothing to fear. And then she says at the the wedding feast at Cana, do whatever he tells you to do. Be it done unto me according to thy word. Do whatever he tells you to do. And of course, I just love the Magnificat, where a lady is magnifying. She's saying, magnify the Lord with me. You know, she's she's really echoing the same thing that you see in Psalm, I think it's Psalm 145 and other places. Magnify the Lord with me. Together let us exalt his name. And that's what she's saying. Mag- I, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, because he's looked upon me in my lowliness and he's done mighty and great things for me. And holy is his name. You know what? You can say that. Anyone who's baptized into Christ can say that. Can say, oh, my soul magnifies the Lord. Get up in the morning tomorrow, or if you're up in the middle of the night and you can't sleep, just set your worries aside and just say, oh, my soul, magnify the Lord now. Oh, in my spirit, Father, rejoice in my Savior. God, my Savior, in, my, in the Son of God, Jesus Christ. He's looked upon me in my lowliness and my sinfulness and my weakness, my brokenness, my infidelities, my inconsistency, my compromise, you name it, whatever's there. He's looked at me and he's looked beyond it to my heart and he's given to me his Holy Spirit. He's come to make me a dwelling place of God. He's come to lift me up and to crown me as a child of God, hopefully. (laughs) Scripture says, when we enter into the kingdom. And we have to remember, 
And learn from Our Lady who gets crowned. The meek, the humble, the poor in spirit, the lowly, those who love God above all things, those who love their neighbor, those who have yielded humbly to the work of the Holy Spirit, those who've walked in the grace of the church and received the help of the sacraments, have have their sins forgiven and are seeking first the kingdom above all things. Friends, it's a, it's a shame how easily we get trapped in the world. And, you know, the poor, in a certain way, the poor have it better than we do on the level of their circumstances often lead them into a very beautiful dependence on God. I've seen it all over the world in different places. And just deep trust because he's their portion. He's their cup. They don't have all that the West have and we have to distract us and to fill our cup. And it's such a mistake. And we're constantly crowning the goats, you know, the greatest of all, the greatest football player, the greatest this, the greatest that. And that stuff is so passing. It's fine. It's it's no big deal. It can be entertaining and all that. But it's nothing compared to the unfading glory God that we share in, in Christ. So friends, let's learn from Our Lady and let's receive the fullness of what the Lord has given to us as she walked in the fullness so we can give glory to God and walk in the freedom of the sons and daughters of God even in these difficult, critical times. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Each program of Fire on the Earth with Peter Herbeck can be downloaded at AveMariaRadio.net and RenewalMinistries.net. Fire on the Earth is a production of Ave Maria Radio. Friends, I'd like to offer you my new booklet, Receiving Fire. Jesus said, I have come to cast fire on the earth. Would that it were already ablaze. That fire is the purifying love that burns in the heart of Jesus. A fire of grace for those who receive it, but a fire of judgment for those who refuse it. If you'd like a copy of this free booklet, call 1-800-282-4789 or contact us on the web at renewalministries.net slash FOE. That's renewalministries.net slash FOE.